you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Open your Bibles to two places, would you? 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, and, and just hold your place there, and then flip over to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Remember Psalm 103, we were talking about it for a long time in this Covenant Benefits series. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. We should say it that way, all his benefits, because there are many. And uh, so many people stop at salvation. They get forgiveness and salvation. Now, granted, if, there's, if you're going to get one, that's the one to get. But we have access to so much more, and we rob ourselves of the benefit of enjoying this when we don't remember all his benefits. And so we've been talking about it for weeks and weeks the Lord is continuing to pour into us from the Word because He's trying to convince us that He is that good, He is that faithful, and because we are His people and He is our God, He's going to do it for us. Amen? Amen. We are in the Covenant Provision sub-series. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write that down. Covenant Provision. And this is a sub-series of Covenant Benefits. So, I think we're about eight weeks in overall. Four weeks, this is the fourth week on covenant provision, but we need to hear it sometimes because it sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Sometimes you're like, well, I don't know because I could have a little bit more money, but the Lord's going to help you. You just keep coming, keep listening, and keep receiving by faith. God doesn't respond to need or else there would be no need. Anyone, anyone know of any needy people still happening in the world? Yes, right? He responds to faith. In fact, he marvels at faith. He marvels at great faith. And he marvels at really bad faith, really low faith, right? It blows his mind. So we want to be the people that have really high faith, that really trust him, that really believe him. Right, Kathy? Amen. Yes, we do. Amen. You can talk to me, by the way. And please do. It helps me. <laughs> so why does God want to do this? Let's look at Proverbs 22 together in, in verse number 7. This is a favorite of mine. After going through Financial Peace University, it says the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Another translation would say slave to the lender. Man, there are not many contexts that we like the word slave. <laughs> right? Love slave to Jesus, maybe. Yep. I decide to stay here. I'm your servant forever. It's the very least I could do for how good you are to me. I love you. I also want to stick with you. That's what used to happen with people slaves. You know what? I like it. I like it here. I can do this the rest of my life. And so there was like a whole process for it. And we have a process as well. And you're going to hear part of it today. I can't get through the whole Bible today. But I'm going to get through some. Amen? Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Who rules? The rich rules. Who does not rule? The poor. They're ruled over, right? So let's just say this is very binary. Which would you rather be, the rich or the poor? 
the rich. Amen. Would you rather would you rather be the ruler or the servant? Yeah, in that context, the ruler, right? Absolutely. In most contexts, the ruler. Amen. In Deuteronomy 15:6 in the New Living Translation, it says, "The Lord your God will bless you as he has promised. You will lend money to many nations, but will never need to borrow. You will rule many nations, but they will not rule over you." Do you hear some of the same imagery being said again? The Lord your God will bless you as he has promised. You will lend what? Money to many nations. You will lend money. I love when the Lord is specific and clear. The Bible is very clear. And if we'll just read it slowly enough, we'll come to the same conclusions. You will lend money to many nations, but will never need to borrow. You'll never need to borrow. Okay. It says you will rule many nations, but they will not rule over you. Why? Because the rich rules. Say it. The rich rules. Yes. Galatians 3.29, remember it says, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You inherit the promises of God. So say this, if I'm Christ's, then I'm Abraham's seed and I'm an heir according to God's promise. Amen. So this message is for you today. What is your destiny? What does God want you to be? Servant or ruler? Ruler. Amen. Ah, I switched it up. I got one of you. Ruler. Borrower or lender? Lender. Amen. As we know in Deuteronomy 28, that's not the first time Deuteronomy 28 has come up today, Sandy. God is not prohibiting borrowing, by the way. I want to be very clear about this. Uh, Borrowing is not sinful. Lenders are not sinful. He wants us to be the lender, right? He, He wants a borrowing situation to happen. Sometimes it's appropriate. Sometimes it's not appropriate. But that's why we are led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the what? Sons of God. Amen. Lord, we are your sons and daughters. Lead us by your Spirit. So God is just saying, listen to me. Do what I say, and I will take care of you, and you will never need to borrow. Say, never need to borrow. Amen. And not only that, but you'll have more than enough to lend and get some people out of some jams. Amen? To be a blessing. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. I will barack you, and you will be a baraka. Right? We learned from last week. So just because these principles are here listed in the Word doesn't mean that we always... Walk in them. Is that right? That is right. It's sad, but it's right. Don't raise your hands, but how many of you have bought a gym membership? Man, in your heart, you're like, yeah, you know what? This is going to be it. This, <laughs> this is going to make the difference, right? And with all this amazing equipment in there, right? Dave, you know. Dave goes. That's the difference. Dave doesn't just buy the thing. He goes to the thing and works out. You can tell. You look good. You're working out? (laughs) Looking big. All right. But some of us sit in the parking lot. We bought this thing. It's like, yeah, we belong here, and we never go in. And what do we expect? The nine-pack, like Lego Batman. No. He's got an extra ab right there. (laughs) Does anyone see that? All right. It's for the kids. No kids in here. All right. No one knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I got one. Andrew, you with me? All right. This is worse, though. This is me. 
I buy the videos, the little workout videos. Man, I've watched those things a few times. Still nothing. That's ridiculous. This is ridiculous. No, but there's a process in place. You got to go in, right? You got to go into the promised land. You got to go into the promises of God. You got to go into the Bible and say, this is what you're saying. This is how to get it. Oh, I guess I'll do that. Amen? Yes. I don't know if it's coincidence or if the Lord's messing with me, but today, what is it, in 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, it says, you know my last name is Little, I'm Jeff Little. It says, bodily exercise profits a little. <laughs> Lord, why are you going to do me like that? On the day they were talking about this gym stuff. He's trying to get a message through, <laughs> I think. So, we need, the bottom line is we need to implement these things. It's not good enough for them to just be in the Bible. We've got to live them out. Amen? Amen means so be it, by the way. I know there was a, kind of a reserved, amen. Now, get it. We got to live these things out. Amen? Amen. I'm trying to help you. When I say amen, that means give it to, give it to the Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord, do it. Mary, Jesus' mom, said, may it be to me according to your word. She amen the Lord right there. And she didn't do too bad, if I do say so myself. So, if we implement these things into our lives so that we can increase, say increase, then we will be blessed and the world will see the difference. That there's a difference between the people of God and the non-people of God, right? There are non-people of God that we run into. But you know what? What if they were seeing something happen in our lives? It's like, man, you're transformed. You used to be driving, kind of driving, pushing sometimes that to work, but now you're driving that. You know what I'm saying? They'll see things. How did that happen? Or look at this situation. Look at this house. Look, you're out of what? Debt? That's crazy to some people. They can't even fathom it, right? Some of us today might not be able to fathom it yet, but by the end of this message, I believe you will. And and just to set you up, we sent out in the little e-blast last week a follow-up part two because I couldn't get to everything in the time that we have together. And I know that we get hungry and we need to eat some lunch at some point. I, th I have a feeling these things are going to keep coming. So check your email. The part two is coming. So you have hope. Amen. But we will get through as much as we can. Matthew 6.24. Matthew 6.24. Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, God and the way of the world, the money system the, of our own self-satisfying, self-supplying, self-reliant. We, we can't rely on any of that. No one can serve two masters. And think about it like this. Did I tell you what the title of the message was today? I did. Did I? That's the series. The title of the message is Supernatural Debt Removal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supernatural Debt Removal. Say, don't you, don't you love it when removal is applied to a word like debt? Removal. Amen. So think about it like this when you're thinking about debt. Once you're enslaved to debt... You're serving that master. 
you cannot fully serve two masters, right? And debt, they're going to come after you, aren't they? They've got ways and means. And they'll bug you on the phone. And they may come to your house. And they may take your house away and push you out of it, right? If you don't pay those debts. If it gets bad and you're not making the, the money to pay those debts. There are things that they have power over that they can take from you. You are enslaved to that master. There's a bondage there. So, if you're serving the master of debt, you cannot fully be free to serve God. What if he calls you to something, anything, name it, to go somewhere? I don't have the money to go anywhere. I don't have the transportation to go anywhere. I don't have the fill in the blank to do whatever you call me to. Now I'm, I'm strapped, I'm stuck because I'm serving this debt master over here. I can't fully serve you. I'm not freed up to serve you. That's not what God wants for us. He wants us to be free. Amen? But this is what I'm giving you today. And they shall know the truth, and the truth shall make them free. So be, be free today. God wants you completely free. And God does miracles to remove debt. I said miracles to remove debt. Someone should be getting excited about hearing a bit. Flo, I appreciate that. Got a little like this going. Mm. Get it, Flo. And you're going to get it. I'm telling you, everybody who gets excited about this is going to put it into practice is going to get it. Is going to get it. And now they'll have the testimonies. Don't be left behind. <laughs> All right, 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Sound familiar? <laughs> that was a word for our family, by the way. The Lord gave to us a few years ago, and we acted on it. And that's, that's, part, of, that's part of our whole deliverance. Praise God. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make, a place, uh, let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Now check it out. First of all, these are the sons of the prophets. People of faith, people of honor and submission to authority and leadership. They, they have a hierarchy. They get it. We're serving God. God establishes the man, the prophet, right? Okay, so they're following this guy, Elisha. They say, hey, and Elisha's like, go. And they're like, yeah, but come with us. We want you, right? Oh, they're honoring him. And then they go, he says, I will go with you. Then they go, and they cut down trees. And this one guy borrowed an ax. If you borrow an ax, what does it mean that you don't have one of? An ax, right? So he, he didn't go down to Lowe's and get an ax real quick. Right, John? Come and see me. <laughs> he didn't go down. Why? Because he couldn't afford it. If he could afford it, he would have brought his own axe instead of having to borrow. And so uh, now he's cutting down this tree, and for whatever reason, the iron axe head flies off. Dangerous. But it flies off and lands in the water. Now that's a problem for this guy. He didn't have money enough to buy his own axe, much less replace this other guy's axe, and then buy his own axe, right? Now he's, now he's down two axes, right? Before he can get to zero. Now I can cut down my own trees, right? This is a problem for this guy. And that's why he cries out. 
did you, can we put it on the screen? Exclamation points. Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. He's freaking out. Because now he's back two axes, right? And, and who knows that, what's the costly part of that axe? Is it the wooden handle or is it the iron axe head? Yeah, it's definitely the iron axe head. They didn't have all this assembly line stuff that they could just bang him out real quick, mass produce, send it, ship him out. No, this was somebody's livelihood making axe heads, and it took him a little bit, right? And they had to get the thing sharp and the whole thing. All right, so whether, this guy, this guy was in a bad way. And who knows that there are certain things that float in water and certain things that don't float in water. Some wood floats in water, right? If he lost the handle, that would have been, he would have had a chance, depending on what the wood was made out of. I'm not an expert on wood or anything, but I know that some wood floats. Maybe all wood floats, and I just don't know it. But I'll tell you what doesn't float. Iron. Iron sinks, but good. Right? You with me? Yeah, I'm seeing it. Yeah, Pastor, you're right. It does sink. Come think of it. Yeah. So, I put this somewhere because I wanted to say it a certain way. Mm. We were at the zoo the other day, and we went by the hippopotamus tank. And there were some, some certain things in there that was floating that we thought, well, this was once a part of you, but now it's not. So why are you trying to nose up into all this? And I saw it happen. It was disgusting. All I'm saying is certain things float and certain other things don't float. Hope floats. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the Bible. In verse 6, the first part of it says, okay, so the man of God said, well, where did it fall? Where did it fall? Notice he didn't say, well, you should have made sure you tied that thing on right and secured it properly. Especially if it was borrowed, you knucklehead. Notice he didn't say any of that, right? Praise God for not condemning us when we make a mistake. There, there is therefore now no what? Condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Where did it fall? And this guy showed the prophet the place that it fell. He just, he just jumped into action on this guy's behalf. He showed him the place. So Elisha cut off a stick, threw it in there, and made the iron float. He threw a stick into the water. <laughs> I don't know if it had to be a stick. I'm thinking about this, right? Well, how would, let's say Paul and I are cutting down trees, you know, very manly as we are, and uh, Axe had <laughs> drops in the water. Paul would have probably bought six, seven axes, you know, just to be sure, but just to say, just to say, he probably would have swung about four of them, you know, and gave me one, little baby one, <laughs> cut down. I'm going to get this little one over here. Paul, you take care of it. All right. But he just goes right into action. I don't know if it had to be a stick or not. I think it probably could have been just about anything. Elijah was, Elisha was just proving a point. You know what? The Lord has got you. The Lord will take care of this. So he throws this stick in the water, and the axe head floats up to the top. It had just sunk. Our experience is bad. No, we saw this go bad. But the axe head floats up. 
But so many of us keep our eyes fixed on the problem and not on the solution, not on the provider, not on our source. And we're like, man, but the thing, the axe head is in the water. And Elisha's like, yeah, but check this out. Yeah, but the axe, oh, woe is me. What am I going to do? And he's like, yeah, but look over here. Yeah, but the axe head. And it's floating on the top of the water, right? We, we get our eyes off the Lord and onto our circumstance, and now we're in a problem because we're not even looking, we're not even aware when the provision comes, when the supernatural provision comes. Again, iron doesn't float. But it was floating that day because God made it float. And so check out what happens in verse 7. This is the part you need to write down and, and put deep in your heart and start living out. And me too. Therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. Pick it up for yourself. Look, Elisha made a flow. He's not, I'm not going to get in that water and pick it up for you. I did, look, I did the impossible. He said, you go pick it up for yourself. <laughs> I don't think he was a jerk about it. I think he just said, look, you have a part to play in this. Go pick it up for yourself. So the man reached out his hand and took it. Look, he's, he is rescued from this. It's like if we borrowed a car, we had to get somewhere, and we didn't have a car, but we borrowed a car, and we cracked up someone's car. Totaled. Now we're on the hook for a whole other car. And it doesn't, we don't have a car yet. See? Let's contextualize this. We live this stuff sometimes, don't we? We live this stuff. So, God makes a way where there is no other way. He makes the crooked places straight. He can even make iron float. Amen? Amen. But we need to pay attention and we need to say, well, where, where's my faith that when the axe head falls in the water that God will bloop, bubble it up to the top for me? We have to have that kind of faith because we're seeing it. We're seeing crazy examples in the Bible, historical facts that we have to embrace by faith in order to see the supernatural come to pass in our lives. It could be that everybody else gets it but you. Don't, don't let it happen to you. That's what I'm talking to all of you. That's why we gather, so we can all hear it. And so we can build up each other, build each other up and speak encouragement to one another and say, hey, remember though, didn't we just read that in the Bible today? Didn't we, <laughs> didn't we just hear that in sermon, in service? Didn't, isn't God always saying this? Come on, don't, don't give up, don't give up, don't lose hope. Notice the miracle happened by following instructions because the guy could have left the ax head in the water. There's, there's, a bunch of fail points, potential fail points. But he does according to the word of the prophet. The word of the Lord, he goes and gets his axe head. Now everything's cool, right? By following instructions. And we have a great instruction manual in the Bible. Amen? Everything we need for life and godliness. Now remember Elijah. Elijah was the prophet before Elisha. Remember? Yes. Take that as a yes. He was a prophet before Elisha. He was the one that says, there's not going to be rain there's not even going to be any dew until I say so. So there was this drought, and you remember how all that happened, right? And so at the end of that, it was time for the rains to come back to Pride Rock. And now, and now Elijah's saying, okay, it's time. But here's what's interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit up here. So here's Elijah. And he's like, okay, it's time. It's time for it to rain again. And he puts his head down to pray. And he sends his servant out, and he says, all right, go check it out. Go see, go, go look out and see what you see. 
And the servant comes back and he says, clear skies. All right, so uh, Elijah is praying, praying. He said, okay, go see again. The servant comes back. He's like, I think they look bluer than they did last time. <laughs> I think it's clearer if that's possible. Oh, okay, okay. So he keeps praying. Seven times, right? Blue sky smiling at me. Another blue sky do I see, right? He's not looking at his circumstance. He's looking to the Lord in faith. He's removing all distractions. That's why we close our eyes, by the way. There's nothing magic in closing your eyes during prayer. It's just to eliminate distraction because we are distractible, aren't we? Yes, we are. You've got a big amen out of that one. So here's Elijah, head down the seventh time, seven times. You, you must wonder what this guy's thinking, the servant. He's like, look, there's rain ain't coming. Like you, <laughs> you proclaim that drought thing, but good. All right, so he comes back seventh time. So Master, I see, a, I see a cloud, but it's like the size of a man's hand. It's like this big. Little old, little old rain cloud. Winnie the Pooh. I'm just a little black rain cloud hovering under the honey tree. But you know what? It did not deter Elijah. Elijah said, okay, now, good. Now we got to go because the storm is coming. Just from this, the storms are coming. You better go before the storm overtakes you. And sure enough, it did. It came. Flash flood. And now the drought is over. Well and done. But by this. And seven times it took praying and going, right? He stayed there with his head down as far as I can read. With his head down. He wasn't looking at what it looks like. We walk by what? Faith and not by sight. So his head was down. Eliminated distractions. Praying. And then checking. He's going to send his servant. He comes back. He says, yeah, I see the cloud now. All right, now let's get going because it's coming. And it did. Praise the Lord. What about Abraham and Isaac? Remember this story? Abraham and Isaac. Abraham goes and God says, okay, now you've got to sacrifice your firstborn because the firstborn belongs to who? Yeah, God. Firstborn belongs to me. You got to sacrifice him. All right. So here we go. And here's Isaac, you know, and Isaac's carrying his sacrificial wood on his own back. That's a good boy. <laughs> so they get up there, and all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 wait, 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 don't kill him. The knife to the throat. Why? Because God had provided what was in the little thicket. The ram in the thicket, right? Right there. Look around, follow the instructions. You were good up to this point, and then God did a major deliverance, painted a picture. That, you, did you know that this was never going to end in Isaac's death? Never. Have you thought about this? God wasn't going to allow Isaac to be sacrificed. Have you ever thought about this? Crazy, right? Because we always thought, oh man, poor Isaac, he's a goner. Poor Abraham, his baby boy. The son of promise. God always had the ram there. Right? If they got up the mountain, the ram was going to be there. Did they get up the mountain? Yes. 
I'm just remembering this Matt Redman song, Lead Us Up the Mountain. Oh, that's beautiful to me right in this moment. <laughs> that is beautiful to me in this moment. Lord, lead us. This is when I always remember. It, doesn't, it gets overlooked a lot because this was not the son of promise. This was the other one, Ishmael. Remember Ishmael and how Abraham went bad for a minute, tried to take matters into his own hands, so to speak, and he got with Hagar and tried to make the promise happen another way. It's like, I know how babies are made. And Sarah's like, well, you can have Hagar. Okay. So here's, here's Hagar and Ishmael. They get, they get banished because some disapproving eyes at the son of promise now. And so they're out. And God allows it to happen. And now Hagar's worried that she's not going to be able to care for her son. They're just gone. And so the boy's a little, a little ways away. She withdraws because she doesn't want him to see her crying and in despair. And she's crying out to the Lord. And he shows up. He shows up for her to open her eyes. To open her eyes to a well that was always within her view that she hadn't seen yet. Where she was, she could see this well. She didn't move as she was crying out to the Lord. She was stationary. And then the Lord opened her eyes, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, there's the well. And now and then we see the rest of the story is that they were now able to be taken care of fully. God works miracles to remove debt and eliminate consequences. This is the, this is the next section. Let's jump into 2 Kings 4, verses 1 through 7. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. All right, so there, this is not just, oh, it's gonna, you know, it's not some light duty. This is gonna be, they're going to be slaves ripped away from mama, right? Dad's already dead. This is a bad situation. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, remember, look, like the stick. Could have been anything probably. What do you have? We'll work with anything. What do you got? Right? Right? All right, yeah. God is unlimited. He, remember, I can make children of Abraham out of these rocks, right? All right. What do you have in the house? And, he, and she said, uh, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, listen to the instructions, go. Number one, go. Because you, you cannot find what you need right here, so go somewhere else. Okay, step one. Step two, borrow vessels. So is God saying to borrow here? In essence, get in debt? You've got to bring these vessels back to people, right? Now, this is probably not always or even often the way to go, but when the Lord says, yeah, borrow a little bit and we'll take care of this thing and it'll all be good, trust him. All right, go borrow vessels, step three, from everywhere. Anywhere you can find a vessel, go borrow that, okay? From all your neighbors. How many of you are her neighbors? All of them. Don't stop short. Empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. He's reiterating this because it's important that she does according to the word of the Lord. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. 
Because, look, when people see a miracle happen, they want to get in or whatever else, right? No, this is hers that the Lord told her, all right? Shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour the oil that you have into all those vessels. Now, she might be thinking, you're crazy. It fits in the one I have. Pour the oil into all of those vessels, right? And set aside the full ones. God is painting a picture that the oil that she pours out from what she already has into these borrowed vessels is going to fill them up one by one. You see it? Verse 5, so she went. Good on her. So Go, right? So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. See, all three steps, they're... They're all accomplished. And she poured it. Step four. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. What God is saying is the preparation that you make according to my word, as much as you prepare, I will fill. And then when you've done prepare, when, when, you, when you think you're done preparing, then I can be done pouring out. Right? It could be that sometimes, oftentimes, our faith is God's limiting factor. The law of the lid. It's right here. I cannot, I cannot break through this. Neither can my hair. If she borrowed 100 vessels, they would have all been filled up. Is that right? If she brought 10,000 vessels, they would have all been filled up, right? Okay. Elisha, uh, speaking to Joash in 2 Kings 13, and I love this message that Pastor Caleb gave. He had these arrows. He said, strike the ground with the arrows. They're looking for deliverance, right, from their enemies. Strike the ground with the arrows. That's like an open-ended thing. And he strikes the ground three times with these arrows. And they get three deliverances, but... He said, no, no, you should have kept striking and kept striking and kept striking to get because then you would have never had another problem with another set of people ever. No more war for you. But I think a lot of times, strike the ground. One and done. We call it good. Tell me if I'm the only one. Yes? No? Yes as in no. Yep. Amen. No, I know I'm not the only one, but I need to grow in this. Strike the ground. That's not what the Lord means. When the Lord gives you instruction, go after it and keep getting after it until you get the full deliverance of every debt, every dollar, every penny, every creditor, every phone call. All of it stops. Why? Because I am going to strike the ground until God says stop. Amen? Amen. This is how deliverance comes. Supernatural provision is awaiting you at God's direction. God's heart is to get you out of debt that you got yourself into. Nobody, nobody was like, you know what? Here's all this debt. Eat it. You know? No. And that's the dumbest debt. I used to finance food. I go out to eat on credit cards. Nope. You don't have anything to show for it. That was ridiculous. I admit it. I admit it. We're in this together. All right. 
uh, Jairus' daughter, remember, brought back to life in Matthew 9. But when the crowd was put outside, because you never know, well, you do know. You do know who's around you who doesn't believe that this is going to work or this is going to take or God is real. Remember, those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently strike, strike, strike. Who seek him. Not just once. So they put the people outside. Then he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose, dead. Now she arose to life. Put out the faithlessness. Only faith in the room got the job done. Amen? Peter, remembering this, as you can see often in the lives of the disciples, they're like, you know what? Jesus did this. Let's check it out. And they do it. Peter, raising Tabitha, or Dorcas, in Acts 9. But Peter put them all out. I love it. The Bible is so clear. Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Not dead, like she was a moment ago, but alive. Alive. Jesus doing a miracle of supernatural increase in Luke chapter 5. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered him and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. We are, after all, fishermen. And we know what we are doing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Jesus said, let down the nets. All the nets that it takes to catch all the fish you want to catch, right? I'll let down a net. I mean, we did this thing all night. And now it's daytime. The fish don't even get in the net. They can see it in the day. But because you said, Jesus, I will let down a net. And then what happened? When they had done this, when they had followed the instruction, kind of, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. That's a lot of fish. Why? Because Jesus was doing a supernatural increasing work in their lives, but they weren't obedient. were not prepared. They didn't organize for it. All right. So remember back to verse 7. She came and told the man of God, and he said, Go. Now this is, okay, remember the widow? In debt to the creditors, going to come take her children as slaves. Now in verse 7, we're back to this now. Yeah, switch, switch back. All right. Now, the prophet gives her another instruction. He says, go sell all the oil and pay your debt. Sell the oil and pay your debt. Sell the oil and what? Pay your debt. Say, pay your debt. Just say it again. Amen. Sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons live on the rest. So after her debt's paid, now she doesn't have to worry about selling the rest. She's like, no, you just you can sell it. You can eat it, make cakes with it, whatever you do with oil. I'm not a cook. I don't know. So live on the rest. The rest is overflow. Remember, notice again, like the miracle happened by following these instructions. Isn't that right? She could have kept that oil in the house, and what would have happened? Nothing. Nothing. Well, she would have eaten, but her sons would have been taken still, right? It would have been misery, but the Lord gave her a way out. We have to follow the instructions. The instructions were to use the miracle blessing to first pay off the debt. Say, first pay off the debt. There you go. 
Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You want your barns filled? Yeah. Your debts paid off and plenty in savings. You want your vats to overflow? Yeah. You'd have extra cash flow to pay off your debts. And now we're talking every debt. Student loan debt. Credit card debt. Car debt. Mortgage debt. Dumb debt. All the debts. Say all the debts. You know, we are the church of the, all the debts. God will pay all the debts. Remember we were talking about the, the tithes and offerings? We're, I, I keep saying this. I'm coining this phrase. We are the church of heaps. You see these heaps. You should see the people's houses. Right? We, the church is going to have heaps. We will have no problem doing everything the Lord calls us to do because we will not be strapped financially. We will not be limited because we're going to have heaps over here because you are doing so well at home, you just can't wait to give back to God. We're going to bring you the tithe, and we're going to give you, we're going to give you a lot more above that because, A, we got it to give. B, we love you so much. C, you're the one that gave it to us in the first place. The list goes on. All right. You know what? Chuck, I need a volunteer. <laughs> All right, come on up, Chuck. You can trust me. All right, don't touch anything. All right, here, hold this. Now I want you. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where your faith is drinking. <laughs> All right, so now can I, here, stand up here. I got you. All right. So this cup represents your monthly expenses, right? This is everything that you need to have to make it in the world today. Don't get scared. Look at that. God wants you to have everything you need for your monthly expenses. Amen? And he is supplying that to you. But now here's the thing. Many of us have this vessel also that represents our debt. See it? Yes, it is. Hold that, Chuck. Hold that under there. Don't spill. Don't spill. So here is what God wants to do. In fact, here, just put it over here because I don't trust you. Watch. We're going to do it right here. We're going to do it right here So for the people. All right. All right. Now, check it out. So God wants to give you enough for your, your needs, right? But what does he want to do also? He wants to overflow you. So what's happening there? You see this debt bowl being filled up? First pay your what? Your debts. Now, Chuck, tell me, how do you know when you're overflowing from the Lord? How are you going to know when you're overflowing from blessing from the Lord? You have any ideas how you know you're going to overflow? Yes, run it over. That's right. Thank you, Chuck. Praise the Lord. Hey, did he do a good job? Give me a hug. Uh, amen. No, no, keep it there. Keep it there. Keep it there. How are you going to know when you overflow? It's going to overflow all of your debt bucket, too. You have more than enough. Why? Because the Lord keeps pouring out. But here's our problem. We say, you know, all that's done. I'm going to go get a bigger bowl of debt and see what we can do. 
right? Tell me you haven't done it before. The Lord's good to you, pays off all your debt. And he's like, man, we got all this space now. We should, let's go get a car. A new car, right? All right. That's, <laughs> we do it, don't we? You know I'm telling the truth. You know what I'm telling the truth. Proverbs 10.4 says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who has a slack hand becomes poor. If you're not going to do it, you're going to stay poor. You're going to be poor. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. What are we meant to be, rich or poor? Rich. Amen. Ruler or servant? Ruler. Amen. God wants us to enjoy the overflow. Say overflow. God wants us to enjoy the overflow. But until we get out of bondage, out of this slavery to this debt, we cannot properly enjoy the increase that he is intending to bring. Amen. I feel confident amening that because it's, it's only going to be bad for us if we don't amen something like that. We have to say, yeah, so be it. Like, let it go bad for me until I, until I obey you. That's faith right there. Matthew 25, 21. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. You are faithful over how many things? A few. Yeah. Little stuff. I will make you what? Ruler over how many things? Yeah, many. <laughs> many things. So you start where you are. Start with the one thing God's asking you to do. I'm going to keep all the rest of these notes. Will you, will you listen to the thing? Will you watch it? We're going to send it out, I think, video and audio. <laughs> You're welcome. We're just givers over here. Freely we've received, freely we give. But you've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. But you need to start with the one thing that God is telling you to do right now. Let's stand together as the prayer team comes and the worship team comes. And let's commit ourselves and our ways to the Lord. Because we've been here, things should change. So Right? To, I can have what it says I can have. So open my heart today to hear a word from God. Change my life forever, Right? to change my life forever, especially when we're talking about supernatural debt removal. John, can I have some supernatural cart removal? Make room for the prayer team? I think Chuck had a little accident over here. Um. <laughs> Amen. So be it. Chuck wants to overflow. Praise God. And as the musicians play, and as the prayer team is gathered, I want you to seek the Lord. Let's take this time to do it right now, can we? And you may want to close your eyes to eliminate those distractions. Say, God, we have heard a word from you and we know that you want to do extraordinary, miraculous, supernatural things in our lives. We know that you want us to be unencumbered, uninhibited by debt, by lack of financial provision. We know that you are the God who sees. You see us. You know where we are. And you supply every time when we walk in faith. Lord, we, we trust you today. We believe you today. We exercise our faith because you respond to faith. We honor you when we believe you. And so we believe you today. Whatever the debt is, whatever the amount is, 
whatever the creditor is, however bad it looks, however scared we have been, terrified maybe we have been, however much sleep we have lost, those days are over. Perfect love casts out all fear. We will not be afraid of any debt that we've racked up, of any creditor that's hounding us to pay it back. Because you will supply according to your riches by Christ Jesus. We invite you right now, Lord, to participate in this supernatural debt removal because we need you. We need you to do it. If we could do it, it would have already been done. We need you to do it. We need you to open the windows of heaven just as you said when we bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in your house. That you would open the windows of heaven over us and pour out for us such blessing that we would not have room enough to contain it. Overflow. Somebody say overflow. Overflow from my household. Say it. Overflow from my household. Overflow for the house of God. Overflow for the ones that I love. I will bring the good news that God is always faithful. And He has said that He will increase us, that He will bless us, that He will overflow us according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We see you and we thank you and we open ourselves up to receive all that you have for us. Anyone would be so bold and just say, Lord, make it rain over me. Fill every bank account, every wallet, every purse. Open the windows of heaven over your people, God, and pour out such blessing that none of us will have room enough to receive it and contain it all. That we would bring and honor you in your house and there would be heaps of provision that you allocate throughout this desert. That there may be food in your house to feed hungry people. That there may be more than enough to accomplish all that you are calling us to. We are your people. We will follow you. We will be obedient.